Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. All right, so I'm here again with my friend, Lacey Altman. Lacey, thanks for joining us again on the Boca Podcast. Hey, I'm excited to be here again. Yeah, and, and you are actually our first repeat guest, uh, so you hold a special honor and title. <laughs> but you were with us back on episode number eight, talking about finding your ideal client. Today, we're going to dive into a pretty loaded topic, really, and that is how to use Instagram as a marketing platform more effectively. And uh, originally, we were going to break this into to, two episodes. Today, we're going to actually just go ahead and try to, to push all of it into one. And uh, so we're going to be flying through lots of information. If you guys are listening to this episode, get out your notebooks or your computers, your phones, get ready to take some notes. Lacey's got a lot of great information to share with you. And uh, we're breaking this really into two different segments, right, Lacey? The, the first is uh, how to create a purpose-driven Instagram account. Um, so let's dive into that that first segment. What does it mean to have a purpose-driven Instagram account? What it means is that we're going to be ha- creating such a distinct idea of who we're speaking to that like, every time that we're ready to post a photo on Instagram, we know it's going to be the perfect fit for your client, your ideal client. And, and I really like that. And this is, uh, I, I've laughed about this multiple times over now. You and I have kind of joked about it. But I was personally and professionally using Instagram in a bit of a random matter, manner. And, and you called me on that. In fact, you've called me on it multiple times and, and thrown tips and tricks at me, which have been so helpful. And I can't thank you enough for that. Kind of pushed uh, myself personally again and, and our brand in the right direction. Uh, but this simple notion of starting with a specific purpose in mind to drive everything that you do. It's so simple, yet it's so powerful. So this is this is really, really important. How then do we go about creating that purpose-driven Instagram account? Well, we want to have more engagements and interactions in our posts, and sure. we want to create compelling content to attract that interac- interactivity. And therefore, those two will attract your ideal client. That makes sense. So then in order to kind of get started uh, with creating this purpose-driven Instagram account, um, what's what's the first thing that you're going to want to do? Well, what I have done personally, um, and I found it very useful, is I created a story first about my ideal client. The reason why I did that is since Instagram is picture it as like a love language. Yes. You're or like when you're on uh, meeting a new friend or you're on a date and you are wanting to engage with them and find out more about them. It it, it you utilize it to speak to that ideal client. So what I did with that was first create a story of my ideal client. So the where she lives. Of course, I I even gave her a name. Her name is Charlotte. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, her age, her types of friends she hangs out with, her goals, uh, where she likes to shop, where she likes to eat, her fears, her just really created this person. Um, and then that taught me how to speak better when posting content on Instagram. 
That makes sense. Now, when you talked to me about this before, I I think you actually even described a a scenario where you sat down with like a notebook or journal or something and and really took the time to completely imagine it. And then you wrote out these details. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah. No, it was just really, really helpful because now granted, Charlotte isn't the only client. We do attract a lot of different types of clients, but overall me making her as if she was a real person I would always try to resonate with Charlotte like this post. Would Charlotte relate to this uh, caption? That's right. And and by being that specific, that then drives the type of content that you're creating. Because let's be real, there's an incredible amount of noise in the social media spectrum, right? Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. So in order to rise above that noise even a little bit, that's probably the, the, the simplest way to go about at least beginning to do that is to have a very specific purpose for your account and the way that you're going to do that. The first really effective step to creating that purpose-driven account then is to very, very specifically and definitely imagine this person that you're trying to speak to. So I think that's really, really powerful. The next step that you and, and you and I have discussed this topic um, at at length at this point. Um, but one of the things that you talked about after then establishing who this person is, who your target client is that you're going to be communicating to with your Instagram account, um, you then define a type or a style of Instagram account. I think you mentioned that there are four different types of accounts. Is that right? Yeah, there is. There's informative lifestyle specialty and aesthetic. Okay. Informative is you like statistics and progress reports. You like people uh, when people go to you for questions. You want to want to be or you're striving to be the leader expert in your industry or trade. You have a strong opinion and you love sharing information. That's great. And it, now, you might even, I mean, maybe a synonym to that would be educational. Are you educating people? Is it, does, does that follow the same idea? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you really think about it, when a potential client or a human being in general approaches your Instagram account, we always determine, do I want to follow this person or not? So we have to give them a reason to want to follow us. So anything that you do should probably be educational, you know, inspirational. And um, the aesthetics should just flow. It'll make it'll make the, the, the content that you post, the photos that you post, it will have a common factor to make them flow from left to right as you would reading. Sure, that, that makes sense. Okay, but let's jump back to the four specific type of accounts. So the, the, the first one that you mentioned was the informative account. So I'm sharing information relative to a particular topic. I want to establish myself as the expert. So that's the first type. And then what's what's the second type? Lifestyle. Lifestyle is actually the account that I utilize. That's that's my love language. Um, And that's basically you have no problem sharing personal info. Now, granted, keep it professional. Don't go too deep into your personal life. (laughs) For example, um, I will post a a picture about a uh, a date my husband and I went on or a walk in the park with my children. I'm confident in my personal style. I don't mind being in photos. People compliment you on your looks, your taste, your decor, your outgoing. And like and I like to connect with people. That would be a lifestyle account. And why would you choose a lifestyle account, for example, over an informative account when you're, we're talking about a, a photography business? What, what is the benefit for you and your photography business in doing that? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. The reason why I do that is because I believe in authenticity and uh, personalization. So 
I want my clients to see who I am. I want them to get to know me that way. Um, that way they feel comfortable with engaging with me with, let's say, for, you know, a family portrait session. Um, sure. And then, I, and then by, I guess by clearly establishing who you are, you're naturally going to draw in a client who is similar to you, which just naturally means, or where hopefully anyway, naturally means that you're going to be creating an experience for this client that is even better. They're connecting with you on a personal level now. They just like who you are as an individual. So it makes sense that they hire you as a photographer. Exactly. To me, that's a beautiful thing because you know what? Not everybody's going to like me. They're not. And that's just, that's just how life goes. Sure. And so that's okay. You know, send them on their way, but that's not even my ideal client to begin with. So it kind of does the, the, the work for you by yeah. weeding out the less than ideal client. That's perfect. Okay. So four types of accounts. The first one's informative. The second one is lifestyle. What's the third type of account? Specialty. And uh, this one you prefer to be more so behind the scenes. You're complimented often for your services and products. You have a unique product and it makes you special. You prefer a business brand rather than sharing your personal brand. And uh, clients basically consider you an expert. Okay. And, and in some ways there's some similarity there to informative, but, but this is more about representing a brand versus trying to educate clients on a particular topic. So that, Absolutely. that makes sense. All right. So then uh, we're to the last, the fourth type of account. What is that? Aesthetic. And this one is partially another one that I do. And you can combine, um, you know, a few of these in your Instagram. So like, for example, I do lifestyle and a bit of aesthetic. And what aesthetic is, extremely detailed oriented, you're a planner, you love to style everything from your food, your stationary supplies, clothing, decor, you notice everything, misspellings, you know, you name it. You prefer communicating mostly through pictures. Okay, perfect. And, and you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the idea of aesthetic, this this notion of flow to your imagery uh, that you're posting to your Instagram account. This is something you've discussed with me before. I know it's it's not a strength of mine at this moment, and I'm kind of sort of trying to figure out how to do that best, both on a personal level and with my business brand as well. But Talk to us a little bit about what that looks like, how you would set that up. So an aesthetic, um, that would just, you would decide basically, let's say a color scheme. We'll okay. start there. That's something we all can easily identify with. Sure. So let's say you post one photo of white peonies and then you post a second photo of a white mug of coffee and your Apple laptop. And then a third post you would, or a picture um, that you would post would be a pair of white uh, Converse okay. chucks. Pretend to see these images. Sure. What was the main color in C those three images? Certainly white. Yes. And so that would be the aesthetic of it. You are doing a light airy uh, Instagram. White is going to be the predominant color in your Instagram. And it gives your Instagram a a very tailored, customized look. Yeah, and I, I know that I've personally experienced accounts that are that way. I I naturally, and I think you alluded to this before in conversation with me. This it I, it's this idea of creating an account that that just it makes people want to keep looking. And when there is that consistency, it's so much easier to do that. You're just I, before I even dive into looking at an individual image, it's just nice to scroll through the thumbnails because it just looks pretty. And as photographers. Uh, and then, of course, photographers are trying to draw in a potential client 
um, who also, at least to an extent anyway, is going to be kind of visually focused. It's important to create an aesthetic that is consistent uh, on multiple levels, but ultimately, hopefully it accurately represents your brand and consistently represents your brand. So that, that's a really great recommendation. That's perfect. So for those of you listening in, this first section, we've talked about a few ideas and how to effectively create a purpose-driven Instagram account. If you're taking notes, get ready to, to continue, uh, or I should say continue. You're going to continue writing here, taking notes. We're going to jump into the second section. And we're moving now from kind of the, the larger overview of what is my Instagram account about and what is the, the, the big idea and ultimately the aesthetic as well that is going to drive what I post. We're moving now into creating individual posts. And yet again, this can, you know, it can be so easy to just throw content out there. Hey, this, this seems funny to me right now, or this seems interesting to me right now, or this seems pretty to me right now. And I'm just going to kind of randomly post that. But there are more effective ways to create a post that is going to actually grab the attention of our potential client or existing clients. And I know that you're going to dive into that. I think we've got kind of three main ideas to dive into here with uh, a, a lot of notes. Um, so Lacey, take it away. What's the first step to creating a more compelling Instagram post? I think captions should focus on your brand category. So that would be the four that we discussed previously, sure. um, informative, aesthetic, specialty, lifestyle, and uh, to basically further the experience of the photo. Okay, that makes sense. So when, when we're talking about a caption, it should reflect, how, how would that be applicable? For example, if you have a, a lifestyle account like yours, what, what would the caption say in a scenario like that? So instead of just posting a picture, right? So let's just say you posted a picture and you're in LA and you're standing on a rooftop of this cool hotel and you have a glass of wine in your hand. You could say in LA and that's it, right? Sure. But that, but that doesn't really tell us the story. That just says, okay, well, we know she's in LA, but you got to write more to draw the, uh, you got to write in a way that attracts your ideal client but also tells a story so giving an example you're on the rooftop of the cool hotel you're in LA and you have a glass of wine okay for example me being in LA recently uh, when I was with my creative director going through my rebranding process I said something like here in LA with my creative director enjoying the rooftop view of Hollywood you know and then go on from there explaining a little bit more um, but you're, you're telling, a, you talked about a story earlier, more specifically, you're telling a personal story. When our brand, our Instagram account uh, is a lifestyle account, then the focus there is on a personal story, communicating a personal story. So that makes sense. Instead of just kind of posting bland, factual information, uh, like you said, you want to make it interesting, but you want to make it personal in this case as well. So that, that makes sense. Um, take us Things like, uh, since I'm standing on top of the rooftop, right? So to say something catching, like in the epi epic center of it all, the view up here looks good. You know, things like that, that it gave, it gave your viewers, they knew the where, the when, and the why. And it drew it all together. That's perfect. The where, the when, and the why. Okay, you guys are taking notes. Make sure to write that down. That's really great. All right, keep, continue to walk us through this process of, of creating a compelling caption. So um, the next one is, I would say, stay away from always using a caption to post 
push uh, sales. Yes. And so going back to, again, my Instagram, I post personal and authentic content so that my ideal client or my potential client or my followers feel like they can get to know me. They know who Lacey is. And um, if we always push sales first, you know, it's a turnoff. It's like, but why would I want you to, you know, take pictures of my family? You know, why would I want to bring you aboard on my personal little nucleus? Um, so if you always do like a sales pitch, it's just kind of like that annoying car salesman guy, you know, (laughs) that's a great, that's a great way to put it. And I know that I, I tend to, to lean, uh, the direction of being, I don't know, coming across too professional or worrying about being too professional or too structured, uh, not being personal and kind of open enough. So this is definitely something that I have to to work on. And this actually reminds me of something I've I've been listening to in the last day or or so. Uh, you may know, and 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 certainly some of our listeners may know, a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk uh, has become quite popular in the last couple of years, maybe a little bit more. He's written a number of books on the topic of marketing, and he talks a lot about how to go about the process of using these social media platforms for marketing. But one of the things he says, in fact, actually, he wrote a whole book about the idea that's titled "Jab, Jab, Jab, Right Hook," and and no. it's it's a metaphor that represents this notion of sharing, adding value, sharing or adding value, doing that multiple times over. And then every once in a while, and just every once in a while, not selling as much as making an ask. Um, so mm-hmm. then it's personal too, right? Like you said, you're not, you're not that annoying car salesperson uh, who's just up in your face and trying to sell you something. Um, you're just asking for something. And, um, and right. that's, that's the right hook. And Fantastic, so I, yes. Yeah, so I, I think this is a really important point, uh, the, the notion of staying away from being too pushy sales-wise, share some type of value add or share something personal, draw those people in, and then occasionally ask them, maybe ask them for something or sell them something. Uh, I think that's a really effective way to use that account. And then- Or even uh, give them something, like a free PDF, um, a a checklist. Like I I created a PDF uh, that I posted a picture on my Instagram and then it's telling that it was, for example, um, five wedding shoes that won't sink into the grass. Because uh, as we all know, as ladies, when we wear heels at a wedding and it so happens to be, you know, on a grassy lawn or whatever, our spikes of our heels sink into the grass. Right. It's really, really annoying. I can't so, say that I have personally had that experience. So yes, I, I, I will I will defer to your expertise. Oh, you should have that experience. <laughs> that was fabulous. You need a pair. <laughs> All right. And then, and then when it comes to writing a compelling caption, the last point uh, that you had shared with me was the idea of mixing short and long. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So sometimes our attention spans, especially nowadays, because we have so much technology that we utilize, we don't, we're not trying to, we stay on a subject or a topic, a photo, whatever, for more than like six seconds at the most. Three, if we're just really not interested right like what is this nah and you keep scrolling sure so not every caption should be long and not every caption should be short it should be a mix of the thing uh, of the two so for example a uh, short caption would be you posted a photo of a glass of rosé and you said something like today is national drink wine day yes way to that rosé 
you know, it told you what the day we're celebrating and it was short and catchy and straight to the point and we knew what was going on in the photo. A long one would be, let's say you had a photo of a recent blog post and you went on sharing basically a portion of your blog post was your caption okay. and then you you left the link you know in your bio so that they would go click on that of course and uh, it draws traffic to your website um, that would be something that you would do for let's say a long caption or even something personal that you're, you're talking about like let's say you know uh, you had this pivotal moment in business and the struggle was real to get to this point so it would be a caption that you would kind of share about. And obviously the process wasn't just one little thing. It, otherwise it wouldn't be called a process. So you would share a bit longer caption of, of that process to educate and, and more than likely to inspire uh, fellow entrepreneurs because, you know, this journey is intense sometimes. Sure. Well, and, and you know, something else, and, and, and I'll just kind of throw Gary in here again because he also mm -hmm. spoke to this. Uh, in the last day or two as I was listening to his podcast. But one of the things he said was where, where sure, it's, it's probably pretty accurate that the people's attention span these days is not as long. It doesn't tend to be as long, right? It takes a lot, at least it takes a lot more effort to capture their attention from for longer than a few seconds. Uh, the flip side to that, though, is if you are creating content that's interesting enough, they'll spend the time watching it. They'll watch the long form video or they'll, they'll read yeah. the extensive text. So maybe in this case, when we're talking about Instagram specifically, if you've got an image that is captivating or compelling enough, um, you may be able to, draw, to drive more attention to that longer form text that you've posted occasion, on, on occasion. And uh, it would enable you to be able to do that. It has to be interesting enough, though. And that's on us to, um, well, certainly, to, I think you mentioned studying, or you mentioned here, actually, and, and the notes that you shared with me, the idea of studying the analytics, um, kind of watching and seeing how your audience responds. Uh, you can figure out what type of images capture their attention and they respond to most effectively. And then you can use that then to drive them to some of those longer posts. Uh, but, I, but I love the idea of, of variety. I think that's really important for all keeping all of our attention. Uh, I think that's a really great idea. So good recommendation there. So let's move on now to the second point, the idea of how to or, or how to effectively use hashtags. Um, this is something else that you you really pushed me on personally, and I've begun doing a, a little bit more. How do we effectively use hashtags in our Instagram posts? And actually, before we even get into how, talk to us about why. What, what, is, the, what is the significance of using those hashtags? It stretches your reach okay. um, with, with, with people across the world. You know, certain hashtags uh, people do look up. Uh, like a, like a, a uh, let's say a bride was looking up let's say, uh, wedding shoes. Again, we'll go back to that using that example. Sure. And so she would hash, look at the, find the hashtag wedding shoes. And then it would draw her to a feed where the most recent posts of, let's say that hashtag. That makes sense. So, and, and I, I liked the simplicity of the way that you explained that it, it furthers your reach. So not only will individuals, brides or otherwise who are searching for content relevant uh, to your Instagram account, will they be able to more effectively or easily find you? They're going to search a particular hashtag. Uh, I, I would assume, maybe, maybe correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but I would assume that Instagram also will 
uh, make suggestions uh, in that, I don't know what they actually call it, the little search feed. If you click on the magnifying glass, you see all these different images. They'll, yeah, really good hashtags. Yeah, so they'll actually put images in that feed uh, that are that are relevant to their interests. If they've searched that particular hashtag before, or they have liked posts with that hashtag before, then it'll it'll fill in that feed with uh, hopefully some of your images as well. Absolutely. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about this process of hashtags then. How do we go about effectively utilizing them? So I would, let's say you are a photographer in Tennessee. Okay. And you want to utilize, let's say, local hashtags um, that your clients would be searching for in your um, area. So a mom was looking for um, a family photographer. So you would be hashtag Tennessee phot photographer, for example. Sure. Um, and basically, it's just a industry-related hashtag um, on your location. Another thing to do is use uh, variations of that local hashtag. So let's say uh, you're, a ten uh, you're in Tennessee and you're a makeup artist. So you'd be, you would say Tennessee MUA, so Tennessee makeup artist, or Tennessee um, actually usually using the phrase makeup artist. And that's such a that's 2007 thing, 2017 thing to do too, to, to, to shorten um, the, the phrase as much as possible or make it as easy to search uh, or to type out as possible. So, but you would actually suggest that, shorten it up, use the, the initials for that particular phrase. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Use hash, and I, and I believe in using hashtags to, for your dream uh, client, ideal customer, because they search for inspiration. Pretend that you're, you're them and think about who he or she follows. So, for example, let's say you're a girl in your 20s, a woman in your 20s, okay. and uh, you're like ridiculously into fashion. You would do hashtag designers, for example, in a stylized shoot that you did, right? Um, the, the woman in her 20s is attracted to hashtag designers. Uh, and that would uh, then again draw that person back to your account. That makes sense. Now, I, I know that um, it just, I'm, and I'm looking at, again, the notes that you shared with me, this, this hashtag designers, for example, is a, is a prime example of a, a hashtag that is going to be extremely, extremely popular, right? There are going to be a lot of posts with that particular hashtag associated with it. The next point that you made here, and I'd love for you to elaborate on this, is the idea of using hashtags that have less than 300,000 photos already tagged in it. Talk about what that means or why you should do that and then maybe what you could do to kind of modify that hashtag designer to, to use a hashtag that's a little bit less popular, less used, I should say. Yeah, these are the, the hashtags you want to use the most because it'll mean your photos will get the most exposure. I hashtags see. with more than 300,000 get pushed down because so many people are utilizing that hashtag and you want to be listed in the top post section. Now that going, going back to then with what I said in uh, using the hashtag like Tennessee makeup artist. So what you would do instead of hashtag designer, like you were saying, it's probably a very popular um, hashtag. You could say Tennessee fashion designer. Okay, that makes that sense. That is a more specific and condensed hashtag that will probably have 300,000 on down um, posts. Right, and, and then in that case, as you mentioned, if it has fewer posts, then it naturally gets pushed to the top. Yes. Okay. 
continue to walk us through. Um, I, I think the next next point you were talking about is the idea of using um, ten to twenty hashtags. Now that's that's a lot of hashtags. Why would you use so many? It stretches your reach, and and there's a lot of uh, sometimes variables to the image that you're posting. So let's say you posted. Okay, going back to an earlier example, the picture of uh, a glass of rosé. So yeah, you would hashtag what's related to it. So hashtag rosé. And you would hashtag drink National Wine Day because that's the little catchy trend for the day. But you would also target things such as, let's say, hashtag wedding photographer, hashtag weddings, different things like that. Because you can actually utilize, because we all drink champagne or wine at weddings. Um, and that furthers your reach. Again, the more hashtags you use, which you can use up to 30, that stretches your reach and broadens the audience and draws more traffic to that post. Got it. Perfect. And then the last point, take us to that last point about how to use hashtags to gain more followers. So use five big hashtags uh, that may get you featured by other Instagrammers, bloggers, or brands. So for example, you posted your, you're remodeling your house and you posted a picture of the design team that decorated the house and it was all Martha Stewart inspired. Martha Stewart is a great popular hashtag. If the photography looks amazing, that might actually get you reposted or featured on let's say Martha Stewart's Instagram or featured in the, you know, they may reach out to you and connect and, and, and say, hey, we love that photo. We would love to feature you in, let's say, our spring design, home decor line. And um, that hashtag too, let's say Martha Stewart, since it is such a popular one, those that do look that up again, they will see your photo and it will draw traffic to your account. That makes sense. Now, how do we, how do I understand this last point of using five bigger hashtags? Um, at the same time, minimizing the number of hashtags that are so popular, because something like Martha Stewart would be really popular. Hopefully it would get seen. Uh, but then we also want our posts to go up further or to the top uh, by using hashtags that aren't used so much. So how do you, is, is that the reason why you say only to use five? Uh, the rest of them we want it to use slightly more obscure hashtags? Right. Yeah. And, it, and you have to think in, in, in terms of cross promotion as well. So if I hashtag, you know, Martha Stewart with that, you know, my newly uh, designed uh, living room decor, um, and then they want to feature it because they like the picture, it kind of cross-promoted me, and it and it, and it uh, grew my exposure. Sure, sure, okay, all right, well, perfect. So th this is a, a a great head start into utilizing hashtags more effectively. I, again, thanks to Lacey's recommendations and advice, I've begun doing this more consistently and, and certainly in a more targeted fashion. I think a theme thus far has been specificity throughout this conversation. And I think it's important not only that we have a specific purpose in mind, but then the posts that we're creating, they're very specifically geared toward a target client. And, and due to that effort, then we're using very specific hashtags that, again, are, are hopefully not too or overly popular and, and getting lost in the mix. We want to find some unique hashtags uh, that are relevant, again, to the, the target client uh, or potential client that we're going after. So this is really great. We're down to the last point uh, about creating more compelling Instagram posts. And this has to do with post strategy and scheduling. So kind of take us through this process. 
So I feel that if you're not consistent and you do not produce a regular schedule of content, your account will not be as beneficial for your viewers because they approach accounts with what's in it for me. So I can't post, you know, just like once a month and then a couple of times here and then a few times there. I have yeah. to actually be consistent with it. Okay. <laughs> consistency is key, you know, with anything in life, really, if you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, and a disciplined schedule above above it all. You know what I mean? Um, but that, that actually is a great segue then to the next point, because it, this idea, I know certainly for me being busy with uh, multiple moving parts, certainly both in my, my personal life, but then even more so really in my, my business, there's a lot to keep up with. And I personally enjoy approaching business and the way that I manage my workflow in, a, in an efficient manner. The idea of posting on a daily basis can it, as little time as it may even take, you know, in some cases it only takes what 30 seconds to do that if, if even less. Um, but it, it can still seem like just yet again, another item in my to-do list for the day. So the notion of having some type of structure and approaching this uh, or more specifically a schedule will help us be more consistent. So how would you go about scheduling your posts so uh, me personally, I take about one day a month to plan out on a calendar the content that I want to post. Okay. And first where I start off like completely first is I pay attention to all the holidays, the fun national days, because those are always, you know, great trends or like, you know, little fun quirky days like Taco Tuesday. <laughs> sure. You know. I don't know. It's a crazy trend. Taco, <laughs> you know, it draws attention to your account. And well, it uh, seems like they're always National Donut Day, National Laptop Day, National. I mean, what, there's some yeah. day for everything. So I, I think that's a great recommendation to pay attention to those quirky little days. Yeah, and see why I like those those days. Um, it gives you fillers, you know, because let's face it, it's not always the easiest to come up with inspiring educational and fun looking fabulous content you know? <laughs> right. especially when you're like busy with life you know you got you have children you have you know other factors to your personal life it's not always easy and i get that um but i start with those days because those are the easy fillers that you can create content for and um then i do what's closest that's happening within the week. So that would be, let's say, okay, I know that on Friday I have an engagement session at Balboa Park in San Diego. So I am going to, on two days later or three days later, after the, like, a one of my favorite images is edited, I'm going to post that photo as, let's say, a sneak peek. And that gives you other content that shows uh, people your your photography work, it shows them where you're at, it shows a gorgeous couple that's all stylized and in love. Um, and that will draw your of course, your ideal client. And um, now you mentioned scheduling this, uh, this, this post, for example, uh, from this session, this particular portrait session. Uh -huh. I know Instagram's API, not to get overly technical, but doesn't allow for uh, well, they're, they're very closed off just to put it very simply. So, you know, there are lots of different pieces of software out there that allow you to manage and plan social media posts, but you can't actually upload an image in and, and fully schedule that post. You have to come back and, and then add the image in. I know you mentioned using a particular piece of software, web-based software, I believe, uh, to, to handle your posting schedule. How does, what is that piece of software and how does that work? Uh, Planoly. 
Okay. And I absolutely love it. You can actually upload photos to your uh, from your PC. You can schedule your Instagram posts from your PC. Um, you upload a photo. You write the caption. It allows you to schedule the time. Uh, there's the app, too. So what will happen on your phone, your phone will give you a notification saying, hey, we you said that you want to photo. Uh, post this photo. And so you just click on yes, you post the photo, copy and paste. It's super easy. And it's right there for you. And you can do again, like this a year, years in advance, uh, scheduling content. That's great. So it, it's, it's a bit of a roundabout way, but it gives you the notification. It, it, it just kind of feeds it all to you, reminds you, enables you to be able to copy that over. And then you can post it very easily to Instagram. Uh, that's, that's a really great tool. Uh, we're actually in the process right now of, um, in fact, we're we have just hired um, somebody to come on board and and uh, manage our social media for us, and um, they're going to more than likely be using this particular tool to plan out our posting schedule. So that's a great recommendation. Uh, take us to the last point in this post strategy and and scheduling process. So if you dedicate a series of concentrated efforts to cultivating engagement with your ideal clients and it extends your reach, you'll see the increase in interactivity, basically. More likes, more comments, uh, even more followers. So it's, we're right back to that, that notion of consistency again. Yeah, um, we have to. We certainly have to be creating content. Well, again, first of all, if we go back to the very beginning, we need to have a, a very simple, uh, expressed, very specific purpose in mind for the Instagram account. Then we're posting content that is relevant to and attractive to our target client, but we have to be consistent with that. It's not good enough to post two or three really great posts and then wait for a week or two and then come back to it. We've got to actually be consistent, but if we're consistent, we'll see those results. Yes. But one thing I want to stress too is don't get overwhelmed by it. Like what I, when I feel like I constantly have to, um, post on social media, you can sometimes get burnt out. So I do take if I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed or burnt out with stuff, I, I do take like a day or two hiatus, maybe even three days from social media period. Um, just to refresh myself because it, like I said earlier, it's fun. It's exciting. You, you meet new people through doing, uh, utilizing the world of Instagram, but it can be tiring. It can be, you know, a lot to always think of the next creative post that you're going to make. So taking a break, there's just to recharge yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's not going to uh, interfere with connecting with your ideal client or, you know, sales or whatever your goal is utilizing your Instagram. Sure. That makes sense. The cool thing though, about using something like Planoli is that you could hand over that, uh, that app to a partner, a business partner, friend, family member, whatever the case, and they could actually manage just copying and pasting those posts that you already created in Planoli uh, for you while you're taking those few days off. I, I totally get the idea of taking a, a day or two or three off. I think it's important on multiple levels, uh, but even applicable to this, uh, this effort in social media. But um, again, being able to utilize some of those tools will allow you to fill in those spaces even while you're taking a break. So I think that's really, really great. It saves you a lot of time. And um, another great time saver app is called Tagomatic. You type in a hashtag and it will list the 29 best related hashtags. And you basically, all it does is you copy it and you paste it and and it goes straight to your, um, into the comment section of your Instagram. Tagomatic. And is that a, is that a, um, iOS app or is that a web-based app or? 
It is an iOS app. Perfect. All right. This is a lot of interesting information and certainly helpful information, Lacey. I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to go through all of this with us. Uh, because we are talking about Instagram, where can everyone find you on Instagram? Oh, you guys can find me at Lacey O Photography. Lacey O, and that's just all one word, Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y-O Photography on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening in, and we'll talk to you more soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer.